Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. If you cannot tell our voices apart, I am Corinne. And I am Sabrina. (laughs) That doesn't help. I am Sabrina. Hello, my name is Sabrina. There we go. Can you hear me? Do you understand me? That sounds like a rap song. Really? Do you hear me? Can you understand me? Not this time, but that's okay. Okay, you can't always be perfect. Um, Sabrina has switched up her recording I have. Situation. I'm in a canopy of blankets, or... She has created a fort. I have. This reminds me of, like, when you were a kid and all you wanted to do was create a fort. Mm-hmm. Or when you were, in my case, a sophomore in college and you went home and made forts with your friends. Aw. I can't remember. I think I was definitely... I was young. But most of my memories of making forts, even though I did make them with my parents in my childhood home and my brother... The most memorable forts were making forts at my grandma and grandpa's house because they did not want us to be making forts (laughs) and taking all of their couches and chairs apart. Right. And yet we did. But as a kid, you're kind of like, I'll do what I want. Yeah. 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 We, We realized that we had done so much, probably trouble and destruction as children because I brought up the other day while I was at my grandparents' house about how me and my cousin Lainey got in trouble when we were younger and got, like, yelled at because we chewed a bunch of gum and <laughs> stuck it all on our hands and tried to crawl up the walls what? with the gum on our hands. That's amazing. And we made, obviously, a mess of the walls and the paint, and no one remembered it. Like, my grandparents, my parents, they're like, you guys have done other things, so, like, that's not even in our memory. <laughs> or it was just so bad that they blocked it out of their memory. Yeah. I went- We got caught quick. Have you ever gotten gum stuck in your hair? I have not. Have you? Oh, yes. I, so I, I had a bad, bad habit of when we were driving in the car, I'd fall asleep, but I'd often be chewing gum. Oh. I thought you were going to say that you stick it behind your ear, which like, no. oh, I don't like when people oh, do that. I don't that. like that either. I feel like the behind, back of my ears are pretty dirty. Yeah, it's like grease. Ooh. Ooh. Not that we have greasy ears, but like, you know. It's just a gross area. Don't do it. Like, who knows what gets in there, you know? So, but what I really did was, yeah, so I'd fall asleep in the car and I'd always be chewing gum. And on a few occasions, I'd wake up and my head would be stuck to the back of the seat. I don't know how the gum got there, but my head would be stuck to the back of the seat. And, like, there were a few times where we'd have to, like, pull over, find a store and get peanut butter and try to get it out of my hair. You know what probably happened? What? Is that you were asleep and your mouth was open and your sister took the gum out of your mouth and put it on the back of your hair. She was trying to sabotage you, I bet. Oh, gosh. I'll have to ask her. Oh, your poor mom. Poor me. (laughs) Constantly getting gum out of Sabrina's hair. Poor me. I had to cut my hair off once. Well, yes, poor you, Sabrina. But wouldn't wouldn't lesson have been learned the first time? Maybe. (laughs) I'm a rebel. I just keep doing things to see you don't quit you're persistent you're like if it didn't go my way the first time it doesn't mean it won't go my way the second time next time i'll wake up and my gum will still be fresh in my mouth and i'll be able to continue chewing it the dream living the dream um i have two things to say please go ahead and say them oh actually i have three am i allowed Mm, three (laughs) thought you said last time it was an unlucky number oh you're right Oh, actually, someone – now I have four things, so this is good. I'm not <laughs> – okay. someone actually emailed us saying that the three is supposed to be um, mocking the Holy Trinity. Oh, dang. That's why a lot of, like, evil things come in sets of three because it's mocking the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, I was born on the third. Does that make me evil? Well, questionably so. Okay, and then, well – I I had we had someone ask us where they can buy sage, so I was going to ask you where you bought your sage and if you recommended a certain place to get it. Um, well, you can see the place that I bought my sage. My personal most of my stash is from Spirit Dancer, which is in Burlington, Vermont, which I talk about all the time. But the huge stick that was in my video that I put on Instagram, which has lavender, sage, and cedar. My mom got me that stick, and I'm pretty sure she got it from one of those, like, um, not Whole Foods, but I bet you can probably buy them right. from Whole Foods. But, like, one of those, like, natural food 
stores. They usually have them. Okay. And then also you bought me that kit on Amazon. I did. Mm-hmm. You can get them a ton of places. And someone posted or tagged us in social media that they there was a sage at their grocery store. That's so cool. I feel like I've never seen sage at a grocery store. I hadn't either, but maybe we're that's because we don't go down those aisles. We're just there for the food. <laughs> that's true. The other thing, mm-hmm. I said, I, do I have two more? Yes, you have two more things. Do you remember both things? Yeah, I wrote them down. I've actually, I've had a few things written down at the top of my notes every episode, and I completely forget to, t- to say them. So the other one was I wanted to tell everyone and ask everyone to rate and review us on iTunes. And I'm asking in the beginning because I'm changing it up, and I'll probably ask again in the end. But yeah, rate and review us and make us feel happy and feel like we're doing good work and that you care and love us. Yes, and those are very important, well, to both of us, but especially Sabrina because she spends a lot of time in the comment section of our podcast. Listen, I'm the middle child, and I I need a lot of affirmation in my life because I didn't have it as a kid. (laughs) The good news is... For me, not for you, because you see both the positive and the negative, but you just send me the good stuff. So I'm like, oh my gosh, people said that about me. (laughs) I know whenever like, I feel like Corinne's having a tough day, I just screenshot it and say, you're loved. Like today, like today when I almost deactivated all my social media and ran into the woods (laughs) for five months. Yeah. It was close. If I lived in a warmer climate, I may have done it. Well, I'm glad you didn't. I would come searching for you. And then I'd change the podcast into a Finding Corinne chronology, and every episode would be, like, each step of my way, like, each place I stop and, like, the clue trail I'm following. Well, now you're just selling me on the idea. Okay, Corinne, run away. Disappear. (laughs) This is our last episode of Two Girls, One Ghost before Corinne is up and vanished. Ooh. Because that's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. speaking of it, um, I just started listening to Atlanta Monster or Atlanta Monsters. Is that what it is? Let me see. I've heard of that one before. I'm honestly still cranking through Ghosts in the Burbs. I know. I'm still working on it too, but I have to save it because it's just so good. Atlanta Monster. Yeah, it's about the disappearances of the kids in 1980s in Atlanta. It's by the same Ooh. guy who did Up and Vanished. It's really good. Ooh, I want to see that. And I also want to see, this is not a, or I said I want to see that. I know. I, like, hmm. I want to listen to that. But I also want to see, I've been meaning to watch this, and I haven't for, like, four years, but the Central Park Five. Oh, about the, yeah. About the kids that were wrongfully convicted. Yeah. Oh, God, to see that one. I would love to see that, too. That one's terrible. Um, oh, the last thing I had to say was we wanted to apologize for our incorrect fact on Pig Latin. Oh, yeah. Are we bringing up the Pig Latin thing? <laughs> Okay, well, here's the thing. So one of our listeners was like, the play on words thing has been around since Shakespearean time, quite possibly before, Mm -hmm. which is true. I looked it up. And Pig Latin is newer as in, what was it? like 1900s. The 1900s. Yeah, the 20th century. But why did none of our parents or aunts or uncles or the generation above us know what the heck we were saying when we were speaking in Pig Latin. Well, that's my fear. What if they did and they were just like, let's just let them go on. I want to hear what they have to say. Okay. So maybe Pig Latin doesn't belong to our generation. But you know what does? What? Do you remember that show Zoom? Yeah. And they created a whole other language. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. Now people are going to email us about it. Should we look it up? Yeah. But it was really hard. Like, it took some talent to learn that language. It was like, ooh, ooh. Ubi Doobie. Yeah. That that was ours. Except for it was created in the 1970s. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can Whatever. delete all of that if we want. No, I'm keeping it. Okay. I'm keeping it because you know what? It was a fact to me and so it's... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're learning new things every day and it's okay. We're allowed to be corrected. The real thing we came here to talk about were ghosts. And haunted ships and ghost ships. Ghost ships are the best ships, so here's to you and me. Aw. That's like a drinking chair, except but except for with friendships. Yeah. <laughs> Friends are still ships. Friendships are the best mm-hmm. ships. Okay. There were so many interesting ships. It was hard so for me to many. choose. So many. I know. And then once I chose mine, I was like, well, d- 
I like regretted it because I was like, well, all all the other ones sounded really interesting. And what if one's better than mine? (laughs) I know it's crazy. I feel like the ones that people mostly talk about are Queen Mary and then uh, the Flying Dutchman. But I feel, Mm -hmm. but because so many people talk about them, I was like, let's find new ones that are really interesting that no one really knows or less talked about. Yeah. Because it was really hard for me to not choose either of those because I've been on the ghost tour on Queen Queen Mary. Mary. Well, we have ghost stories from listeners that are on the Queen Mary. Yes, we do. Then also, like SpongeBob, the Flying Dutchman. I know. And also Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, that's true. I I immediately think SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) And Andrew Ranson is a pirate. Mm -hmm. You love him. I do have a connection to pirates. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, there were also, did you see, there were a lot of ghost ships in the term of ships that had just, like, appeared out of, or would show up at shore, and they had no idea where they came from, or, like, where the passengers went, and then there were ones that, recently, there were, I think, five ships, as of December, that washed up onto Japan's coast, and they were just bodies, dead bodies, on the ship, but they had no idea where they came from, they were unmarked. Like, they can't identify the bodies. They don't know, like, what nationality they were? Well, they think it's from North Korea, but I... I don't know. And they're, they were all dead. So, like, it might be, like, people who were killed in North Korea and then just, like, boop. They're not, not, not our problem anymore. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. But they just send them off in a boat, and it's like, well, you'll never know. Yep. Wow. Also, the ocean scares the sh- living bejesus daylights out of me. Me too. Just like the idea, what's that movie, um, Open Water, where they are abandoned by, like, or they, like, are left behind while they're scuba diving or something. I might be completely butchering it, but they basically are left out in open water and there's no land anywhere near them. And you can start going in one direction, but then you like forget which direction you were going and you double back on yourself, but you're stranded in the ocean. And it's just like, we've explored, what, 5% of the ocean? So if you die there, you'll never be found. Who knows what creatures could be eating you? Champ. Sea monsters. Sea monsters. Mermaids. I don't not believe in mermaids. I don't not believe in them either, and one of my stories might have mermaids in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I I got excited today because I hadn't been scrolling through my emojis in a long time. <laughs> and I both believe in fairies and mermaids because sometimes you need a little bit of magic and wonder in your life. Yeah. And they have both mermaid and fairy emojis now. They do? Yes. I haven't upgraded my phone. It's right by the zombies. There's zombies? I'll send you some right now. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Oh, they actually, I was looking up about the ocean and just how much we don't know about it. It said that anytime you do a deep dive or anytime we were to do a deep dive in the ocean, they would, like, without a doubt, you would find a new species. No way. Yeah, that's just how little we know about it. It's just such a crazy fact to have. It's like, ugh. Yeah. And it goes down seven and a half miles, which is 12 kilometers deep. So, like... Who knows? There's probably like a whole other ghost world that exists under the water because there are all these people who have died. I mean, think of all the the people and the horses that while um, immigrating and doing these trips overseas or across the oceans to find new land, the amount of people who just died and you would toss them overboard because it's like if they died of disease, you don't want that to spread on, on mm-hmm. the ship. And so you're like, well, it's half the time you had more weight than the ship would allow. Exactly. So you're just throwing the extra weight off. So there's probably just, like, a ghost world that exists underwater. But no, I agree. There could be, like, a whole – it's, like, Atlantis and, like, Mm -hmm. all of that. Like, the Lost City, all of those things. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And definitely I believe in mermaids. Mermaids are – Ghosts, Bigfoot, mermaids. Because, like, I know people that have seen other things, such as Bigfoot and unexplained sea serpents. Yeah. So we don't ever cross anything off the list of possibilities. Right. And the ocean is one of those areas where the possibilities seem infinite because, like you said, we haven't explored most of it. Yeah. So how can we say anything about anything? Oh, it's so creepy and scary. And... Um, 
Do you want to talk about your ship first or do you want me to? I went last week. I went first last week. You did. Okay. Well, then I'll go first. Okay. That was my passive aggressive way of telling you to go first. I <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. We were counting in the beginning and then I feel like somewhere in the middle we just kind of were doing whatever. But now we're back on alternating. Yeah. That was really bad enunciation on my part. That's okay. I just started to close my mouth halfway through the word and just to <laughs> you make just noise. just gave up. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay. So this is less of a haunting and more of a mystery. Ooh. It's the SS Orang Madan. Okay. Didn't look up how to say it because I don't care. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but you don't. Just, okay. You don't care. It's fine. Here, Yeah. Here's the thing. It's a really old ship. It may not have even existed. And also... I realized that I, recently I've been choosing stories that don't have names that are hard to pronounce in fear that I get corrected and look stupid, but I'm just going to, I don't want to miss out on stories just because I can't say them, so. Right. Orang Madan, in my mind. It was a Dutch freighter, and it was off the coast of Indonesia, passing through the Strait of Mayaka, also don't know how to say that, when it sent out a distress call. Reports on the timeline of this incident differ so it was sometime between late 1947 and early 1948 that this ship was going in this area and sent out this distress call okay so this distress call was sent out and two american ships heard the call which was apparently made by a crew member on board this dutch freighter and they went to go investigate and obviously like help out right the message that was received reportedly said All officers, including the captain, are dead. Lying in chart room and bridge. Possibly whole crew dead. I die. (gasps) And that was it. So the message ended with, I die. And no more communication was made after that. So these two American ships are like, oh my god, what the heck? They figure out where the coordinates are, and they head over to investigate, and one of the American ships gets there. Like spots it and heads Mm -hmm. over, and they're trying to communicate with the people on board. They're yelling for the people, radioing, nothing. So then the captain of this ship, which was called the Silver Star, he gathered together a crew and had them go on board to look for survivors or investigate what happened. Basically, a search party slash rescue party. Um, and so these these guys, these American guys from the Silver Star, board this Dutch ship, this freighter. And upon boarding the boat, the men immediately spot all of the crew members, all dead, oh, no. scattered throughout the ship. And what's more bizarre is that the faces of all crew <gasps> members looked horrified. What? They looked, like, so scared, like, frozen with fear, wide eyes. Some of the men's arms were bent as if they were fighting off something, and other men were pointing in terror even more bizarre there was a dog on board and even he was frozen he had a snarl like he was like growling at something and he was frozen and dead so they had no wounds or anything they were just like dead no and so then the guys are like okay this is like really freaky but obviously someone had to send the distress call saying that everyone was dead right so they went looking for the person who made the call they cannot find anyone living. Everyone is dead. And the other weird thing is that everyone was in their respective places. So it's not like everyone was out on the deck and like or in one specific room and all passed away. They were scattered throughout like the inside, the outside, like all over the ship. Everyone frozen in fear. What? At the same time. Yeah. So some have speculated that the sudden death of everyone on board was due to carbon monoxide or another toxic chemical that was supposedly on board. But I'm like, what and about all, the people that weren't outside? And all of a sudden, all at once, too. That's And all at once. Crazy. It's a little weird. And, like, carbon monoxide makes you sleepy. It doesn't make you, like, ah! like point to the sky and, like, your mouth in distort shock, and a yeah. dog snarl. Right. I don't know. Unless anyway. they all had, like, rabies. I don't know. Right. But this is a paranormal podcast, so I'm only going to tell you about the paranormal side. So we're not going to go into a discussion about rabies? No. (laughs) Okay, good to know. Okay. So the odd thing about this incident, obviously, besides everyone dying on board at once (laughs) with horrifying expressions, is that 
the crew that boarded from the Silver Star from the American ship, they noted that the outside temperature in the air in Asia was over 100 degrees. But on the boat, boat, the air felt very cold. Oh, what? There was also no visible cause of death, and the bodies all seemed to have suffered the same fate, and they were also decaying quicker than normal. Which I'm also like, well, it was hot Yeah, there. that's true. I guess we should go to the body farm and figure out what happens in heat. Let's do it. Use your until then. stick to poke at bodies. <laughs> <laughs> they reported that it was at a higher rate of decay. Which also, let's remember, that they just said it was cold on board. So weird things happening. Oh, that's so strange. So these things were odd, but the ship was looking really good. It was in good shape. So the Silver Star was like, okay, let's tow the boat to land so that we can, someone can come investigate what happened, right. look at the bodies, take the bodies off, send them home, and salvage the ship. But as they attach themselves <laughs> to the ship. What? I love that they're like, let's get this ship back, get these bodies off, and keep the ship for ourselves. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> We're Americans. We take things. We're resourceful. <laughs> um, so as they tether the boat to the back of theirs and start mm-hmm. to pull the ship, the SS Orang Madan catches fire and it explodes and out of nowhere into different pieces that then sink to the bottom of the sea all of a sudden (laughs) yes what the so many believe that the occurrence was paranormal others believe that aliens could have played a part in Mm. this we love a good alien we love a good alien story And some people think that the incident never occurred at all. And in May 1952, the U.S. Coast Guard made their first official mention of this incident. And the crew gave a statement saying their frozen faces upturned to the sun, staring as if in fear. The mouths were gaping open and the eyes staring. And there's no official reports of the ship. Although they claim, some claim that it was registered in Sumatra, which is a Dutch colony or was a Dutch colony in the East Indies. Um, But another explanation, not to go off of the paranormal hunch, but apparently the ship was also carrying potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin, which is illegal. So that would make sense why there's no records Mm. and then also could explain why the ship burst. Yes. But wouldn't it have to like... I feel like wouldn't there have to be a trigger or if like a mix of chemicals in order to cause the explosion? I don't know enough about these chemicals right. or the elements. Yeah. So maybe one of them was leaking, which caused the air to be cold and for people to maybe yeah. like act bizarre right. and suffocate from the inside and panic or something maybe i don't know and then let's go back to the body somehow farm. mix with the other one and kaboom actually there there's um an instagram account that we follow called forensic forensic facts and they draw these cartoons but they they do like reality versus tv and what you know about forensic facts so maybe we can ask them what those chemicals would do to your body if you were to ingest them we should we should we can also Google. Well, that works, too. <laughs> I forgot that we have that machine that can give us all the answers. <laughs> I should have done it before That's okay. recording this. What is, this but is anyway. not a uh, chemical, this isn't a chemistry podcast. No. No. I was actually quite good at science, which might be hard to believe, seeing as I don't. Well, no, this is a weird thing. Why would I know what happens? No, that's a very weird thing. I would be concerned if you knew what happened when you mix those two chemicals. Anyway. Moving on. People have speculated that the members on board witnessed a UFO and aliens, and then the aliens like either did something or they had some interference which caused them all to die in a manner that they did. And another theory is that ghost pirates boarded the ship, terrorizing the crew members and stealing their souls. Ooh. But to recap, there 
was a ship with a bunch of Dutch people. They sent a distress call that said, I die. The ship was found. Everyone looks petrified, died, distorted faces of terror permanently etched on them. And the probable cause is, according to me and others, ghosts or aliens. Whoa. Yeah. And then just a very, very short story. Yeah. Because this one was like more of a mystery and not so much on actual ghosts. So I wanted to include one of a phantom ship. Okay. So here's a quick legend on the phantom ship, the Lady Lovey Bond. So the day before Valentine's Day in 1748, there was a ship that set sail off the coast of South England and was bound for Porto, Portugal. And the ship's captain, Simon Reed, had just married the love of his life, Aneta. Congrats. And so they were taking a cruise in celebration of this holy matrimony with some of their best friends. Very nice. Sounds like they were rich. Yes. But the plot twist is that the first mate who was on board, John Rivers, was in love with Aneta. <gasps> And he became overcome with jealousy and rage because if he couldn't have Anetta, no one could. This is a soap opera. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and so, like any mentally stable person, he took a club and he beat the crew member who was steering the ship as the captain and Anetta celebrated below on deck with their guests. And then he took control of steering the ship and he turned it into the Goodwin Sands, killing everyone in the process. Oh, man. But this wasn't the last time the ship, the Lady Lovey Bond, was seen. Of course not, because it's a ghost ship. Fifty years later, in 1798, this is 50 years after the initial crash, two ships report seeing this ship. Fifty years after that, in 1848, the ship was spotted again, and so clearly, in fact, that the captain of the ship who spotted it sent out his crew in lifeboats because he thought that it was a real ship and people were in danger. Right. So he sent out, like, a rescue party. He said that the ship had an eerie green glow, but it still looked so real that he was convinced enough to send his men out. It was spotted again 50 years after that in 1898, and then presumably it showed up in um, 1948 and then maybe, like, 1998 those were the other but i didn't i didn't but so that much harder for reports but there have been sightings of it that's so interesting oh yeah but besides this ghost ship showing up every 50 years or so Mm -hmm. an interesting thing is that the goodwin sands which is a piece of or like a strip of land that the ship crashed into Mm -hmm. is also the location of two other supposed phantom ships what? The SS Montrose and the Shrewsbury. But I didn't look those up, so you can Google it. Do it yourself. So care. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. That makes me wonder if, if those ones were crashed afterwards, if the ghosts from the Lady Love whatever. Love a Bond. Love a Bond, if they led those other ships to crash into the same area. Oh, my gosh. And are creating like a ghost ship world i thought you were gonna say that they like invited them on board and they were all having a ghost party all together but you're like oh no they caused them to crash and die but then they have a ghost party like one of my stories you have a ghost party it's a ghost party like a frat party or like a high class bougie party it's it's pretty fratty okay let's hear it or pirate piratey okay so one of the ships i did is named El Kalouche, which is a ghost ship legend. So this one is more, there's no real proof that it exists. There have been sightings of it, but there's no definitive proof that it exists, and there's no story or background of what the ship actually was. But it's a fun story, and there were just so many good ones that I just had to choose two. So... This is the party ship of all ghost ships, and if you are to die out in open waters, there's a chance that you would make it onto this boat and spend the rest of your life partying with some mermaids, witches, and monster creatures. This is like my dream. I know. Not dying in open water, but like... But getting onto this boat? The afterlife. But... 
there's a distinction. So there are some people who are on the boat who are forced there and are basically slaves. So the way it works is that if you die in the ocean, these mythical creatures which are that resemble mermaids or mermen will search the water with powerful witches and bring you onto onto their boat and kind of bring you back to life to spend the rest of your afterlife on the boat. But this boat never sleeps and if they feel threatened by fishermen or sailors who are just traveling the waters near Chile, they will Oh, they will kidnap them and transform them into monsters with hairy hairy bodies, twisted legs that are over their shoulders and a fork Ew. and like four How do they walk? I don't know. They walk upside down? Maybe. But oh, they have gross. forked tongues and then they're forced into their afterlife to sp- they're forced to spend the rest of their afterlives as crew members of the ship while the rest of these people party all night and all day. Why if you are creating a slave that will forever serve you why would you make them ugly if you have the capabilities of turning their their looks why wouldn't everyone just look like channing tatum or zach efron oh that would be amazing well what if their power maybe their power the only power they have is to turn them into something ugly but it's also torture for those people it's like haha now you're a monster also it's also kind of reassuring if anyone were to die out in open water. I mean, we discussed in the beginning, I feel like that's my biggest fear is just like you'll never be found. But to mm-hmm. it's reassuring that maybe you'll find find others and not be alone underneath I'm just yeah, the water. I'm confused by the way that these creatures behave because it's like it's like they collect these lost souls and want to take care of them and are like, you're okay, like, yeah. it's not as scary, join us. But then as soon as someone else is, like, traveling through their path, they freak out and keep them as slaves. Well, it's because <sighs> they want to keep the party going and they're worried that these people are trying to break it up. I don't know. So can you see the ship always? Yeah, so no, not always, but there are sightings where ships will be out at sea and the boat will appear and it has let's see it has three masts with five sails on each and it's shining and white and all of the lights in all of the windows are on so it's like that's why it said it's never it never sleeps is that they're always up partying but um i didn't picture it with windows now i'm kind of picturing a cruise ship but before i pictured like an old rickety pirate ship it's kind of like a mix Okay. It's like a sunset cruise line. But it's it's a sailboat. It do, it has three masts oh. and five sails on each one. It's just okay. a really big sailboat. So it has yes. cabins below with windows that peek through. I don't know. I It's not seen all the time. It appears and then it will disappear. If you get too close, it will disappear or it will kidnap you. So just be a good person. Maybe they know. Maybe they know who's bad and who's good and they just yeah, they can, can read, read your, your souls. Intentions. Yeah. Maybe that's our new version of natural selection. El Kalush. The wrong people just get taken by the mermaids and witches <laughs> in the sea. I'm down. Send them out to Chile. Okay, but then I have a real ghost ship that people have seen often and still see and have been seeing for over 250 years. Dang. And it is called the Ghost Ship of Northumberland Strait. It is also known as the Fiery Phantom Ship, as it's a ship that people report seeing sailing along the waters of Northumberland Strait in Canada, in eastern Canada, and when they see it, it all of a sudden bursts into flame. <gasps> I w- so, do we know the background? On so, the ship? only a little bit, but uh, um, what they know is that, well, there are theories. Okay. One of the theories is that it's a ship that was lost in a violent storm in Nova Scotia, which was called the Isabella. But anytime someone sees the ship nowadays, it's unmarked and it has no name on the side. So why would that have been, why would that disappear, you know? Yeah. 
but that ship, the Isabella, set sail in December of 1868 and was last seen by a lightkeeper on Emmet Island, and after that there was no trace of the ship or the crew. Another theory is that it's an old immigrant ship from Highland Scots that was in search for new land. Another theory is that it was a pirate ship that was sunk by a British warship, but there's a cool pirate theory that it's a pirate ship that pillaged a vessel from the old country and got into a drunken brawl with another pirate ship over their ill-gotten booty, and both ships... (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, if I ever have a band, it's going to be called the Ill-Gotten Booty. (laughs) I'll be your number one fan. I just play the triangle the whole time. (laughs) Yes. And booty bop. Oh, and then, yeah, so they all got in a fight, and both of the ships caught fire, and everyone died. But my issue with that theory is that there would be two ships. There would be two ghost ships. There's only one. Mm -hmm. So there's another theory that's also piratey, where the pirates made a pact with the devil to protect their treasure from being found. And in return for that favor, the captain and his crew were to set sail forever on the burning ship. So similar to the Flying Dutchman. And then it is said that when the ship had been fired upon, it would sink to the bottom, taking everyone down with it. I I have a question about making a pact with the devil. Yes. Is it a bad idea? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. (laughs) But my question is, if you're the devil, why would you agree to make a pact where the souls just continue in this loop and don't actually do anything for you? Wouldn't because you want them to sell your soul to you and then they come down and they live in hell with you or become shadow people or whatever? But, like, I imagine the devil has a lot going on and sometimes he gets a little bored and just wants to have fun. Like, I, I, I picture the devil as, like, a bored little child who, like, needs to be entertained at all costs. So he's like, so dance, he's like, monkey, dance. Send them on the ship forever. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just likes to see people in pain. So, yeah, so now they – and also it's kind of like, oh, you can have your treasure at all times. But actually, the twist is actually, like, you are going to die with it and no one will ever find either of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my god! It's like you got what you asked for, but... And you live in a continual mm-hmm. loop of never getting to spend your treasure. Right. But then, okay, so then a little bit more about the ship, and this is like my theory is a little different because the ship only appears... Or no, the ship appears mostly during the months of October... Between September and, and uh, November. Sorry. So the ship mostly appears between September and November, and it often appears right before a big storm... So my theory is that maybe it was struck by lightning during a big storm and now they're trying to like warn people because lightning, if you're struck by lightning, I'm sure it would cause the boat to catch fire and then... Especially if it's, I mean, I don't know, did you give a date or um, did you... They, people have been seeing the ship since 1786. So like in terms of fireproofing boats and using plastic wasn't really right and then think about the sails like those are highly flammable right it's just you're using right raw materials that's highly flammable exactly so it only appears in the waters that separate prince edward island and nova scotia from new brunswick and eastern canada and it's said that this body of water is especially turbulent and very difficult to for ships to sail through it's approximately 130 miles long and 8 to 30 miles wide but the ship appears all over within that area like there's not one specific area that it shows up in it's just kind of all over but it's contained to that that region i do wonder if maybe the ship could be considered an omen kind of a warning Mm -hmm. during storm weather for ships to be careful or you'll suffer the same fate but a lot of people have seen it, and a lot of people, when they first see the ship and they, and it starts to catch fire, they will try to send rescue teams to go find it, similar to yours, but the ship will just completely disappear right before they get there. And so recently, one of the most recent stories, a man was walking home from a neighbor's house on, an, on like a normal October evening, and he looked out towards the Northumberland Strait when he saw a ship burning, clear as day. 
He watched it for 20 minutes and then it just vanished, like, as if it was never there. 20 whole minutes? Right. So I think people in that area are very aware of the legend. So, like, if they were to see it, it's just, like, something to watch. Or maybe they're just in, in shock and just don't know what to do. Because what if it was an actual ship? I know. So while some of the stories, people do go and try to find help it. So, on um, yeah. So oh on gosh, more than... Can you imagine the guilt you would feel if you thought it was a ship? And you watched for 20 minutes and then found out later that... It was real. Oh, my God. That would be bad. But so then... Right, so on more than one occasion, people have attempted to rescue people from the burning ship. There was one of the one of the most famous ones of, one of the most famous attempts of rescuing the people was in 1900, where a group of sailors saw the boat and a bunch of them boarded a small rowboat to go towards the ship as it was catching a fire, and as they got towards the ship. The people, like, they saw all these crew members running about, and then the whole whole ship was just inflamed, engulfed in flames. And then all of a sudden, poof, it disappeared right in front of their eyes. Like, they were they so close. They could see close. the crew members? And they could see crew members running up from under the deck to try to put the fire out. But then all of a sudden, <gasps> like, everything just disappeared. And so they sent a whole team of exploratory divers into the water to find the ship. They thought maybe it sunk and like they all like kind of blinked for a second and it may have like sunk really, really fast or something. So they sent exploratory divers into the waters and they found absolutely nothing. And they've had multiple exploratory divers look all over that. I'm not all over, but they've had multiple exploratory dives to find any evidence of the ship and they can't find anything. There's also a lot of accounts where people will be in completely different locations but see the ship at the same time. So it's not like selective viewing where it wow. chooses who will oh, see that's... it. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. So there's like one story where a brother and sister who were in two different locations both saw it at the same time and watched it catch fire, watched the men come up from under the deck to try to put it out, and then the ship just disappears. The second it reaches, like, full fire and the whole ship's, like, in fire, it just it disappears. That's odd that it would choose a brother and sister and appear to them at the same time, even though they aren't together. Well, that's what I think I'm, like, it means is that it doesn't have selective, like, it doesn't say, oh, you two can see it. It's just, like, here I am. Anyone who looks out here can see me. But the chances of the brother, I mean, maybe it's just coincidence, right. but the chances of the brother and the sister both being right looking in, on the water, looking out at the same time, yeah. but in different locations. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the geography of the right. area. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. And the last fun fact about it is that in Canada, they featured the ship on a stamp, and it's like the... The, the sails and the, the the sailboat just completely on fire as the stamp. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I'm a big Canada guy. Do you have a... If you were to own a ship or be the... What's it called? The head of a ship? What's the name? A captain. A captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. This is where... This is why I'm glad I have you and you can help my brain work. <laughs> um, if you were the captain of a ship, what would you name your ship? The ill-gotten booty. <laughs> um, what would mine be? I want something like the violent. <laughs> Are you, is this a pirate ship? Are you going to? Well, no, the violent. I'm trying to think of a sea creature that's super innocent. The violent sea cucumber. The violent shrimp. Well, there's killer shrimp. All right, that's true. Ugh, stupid name. The violent tuna. I just don't know enough about sea creatures. Like, I don't know if they have a secret life of violence. No, I know, but my boat would be really violent. Oh, you want a yeah, I want to be like super violent. Are you gonna come after my ill-gotten booty? Oh, I'll for sure come after your ill-gotten booty. I'll distract you with all my booty popping. (laughs) Uh, we? mine will be like basically the equivalent of a siren you know the mermaids Ooh. are like oh that's a good name to 
the siren. The siren. The ill-gotten booty siren. Ooh. Booty. 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 You got the ill-gotten booty. And then if mine turns into a ghost ship or while I'm still living, we only play jazz music. Oh. Featuring saxophones. Always. So you'll just have to, when you board your ship, you have to make sure you bring saxophones. Mm-hmm. I will. Well, other people besides us have real experiences mm-hmm. on actual ships because we focused on phantom ships, but there are actual ships that have real life ghost hauntings, spirits on board of them, and many of them you can go and visit and do tours. Yes. Such as the Queen Mary is one of them. Yes. Which is in um Long Beach. Long Beach. Yeah. I actually I was thinking maybe this year for Halloween you come to me and we do the Halloween ghost tour on the Queen Mary. I did the ghost tour. I don't remember what month I did it. I mean, it's not the Halloween ghost tour, but... That's okay. Okay. Well, do you want to read the Queen Mary story? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Wait, I have an idea for my boat name. What? The Pirate's Dream. I like that. Yeah. Me too. It sounds like a children's book. But it'd also be a really good, like, ghost ship. Okay, so this is from Sarah, and she originally emailed us with a couple stories. Um, And then at the end, she mentioned, she said, I have another experience that I had on the Queen Mary when I was younger, but I'll save that. And I said, don't save it. Send it to me now. (laughs) Don't, I, people always say that. I'll save my other stories for another time. The time is now, folks. I know. We don't like cliffhangers, (laughs) because when you say stuff, it makes us want to do our next episode on it. Exactly. Inspire us with your stories. Okay, so she said, so the Queen Mary experience, I really wouldn't say it was scary. I just had a feeling of awkwardness. Back when I was in elementary school, my mom took my two sisters and me to stay at the Queen Mary. Oh, they stayed on board. I didn't even catch that detail when I first read it. My dad worked in LA, so my mom thought it would be nice for us to visit him for a surprise lunch date. After our lunch surprise with our dad was over, we had another, she had another surprise for us and told my sisters and me, that we were staying at the Queen Mary. She had already booked us to go on the haunted tour. Yes. I still have a button that says, I survived the Queen Mary ghost tour. Oh, I want a button. That's so cool. I definitely didn't give me a button. We got to go back. Maybe it's like you have to be under the age of like 12. I think I could pass for 12. You can't be in your 20s and have had a few (laughs) glasses of wine before going. Okay. We went to the card room where where there was supposedly a blood stain on the floor that could never be removed. Ooh. I couldn't see anything. But they had a little show where the doors would lock and unlock and the shutters would open and close, so that was fun. Did I not go on the ghost tour? None of this happened to me. This is all anyway. just proving to me that we have to go. Yeah, we got to go again. Yeah. Then we went to the pool area where the little girl was supposedly is supposedly to be seen. I didn't see anything or feel anything, really. Then it was down to the boiler room where multiple people died due to a collision with another ship. I didn't feel anything there either. And they also had a show both at the pool and the boiler room with lights and sounds. So after we were done with all of that, the tour ended with us taking the old 1940s type of elevator with just the screen as the door to the mailroom. That's where it felt so weird. It opens up, and about six feet or so straight ahead on the left-hand side was a counter with mail slots on the wall behind it. It was really cool, and the tour guide told us we could walk around. It was then that I'm staring at the elevator, and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. It was like someone was was there just watching. I couldn't stop staring at the inside of the elevator, expecting someone to walk out of it or something. If you're looking at the elevator, there's a hallway on the right-hand side. And so I decided to go explore down the hall. Most of the rooms were empty, all but one. As I peeked my head into the room, the air got really still. It had old-style cribs and toys and a rocking horse. That's so creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. Like, why do they still keep the room like that? To keep it creepy, but I just imagine the rocking horse going back and forth, back and forth. 
You know that feeling when you walk into a room of people and they stop talking, like you interrupted them? Well, that's exactly how it felt. Like there were still people or children there going about their lives and I interrupted them. I wasn't scared in any way, but being down there, it felt like I was surrounded by people staring at me, wondering what I was doing there, and I just couldn't see them. Once we left, I didn't feel like that anymore. Whoa. So that's my long but short Queen Mary experience. If you're ever in Long Beach, California, you should totally check it out. It's a beautiful ship. I hope you two have a wonderful weekend. Thanks again. See you on the other side, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Wow. Yeah. So just because I looked up a little bit about the Queen Mary just so that we could say like two facts about it for people to do a starting point. At least 49 people have died on board. Mm-hmm. And then it was used... Like, recorded deaths. Recorded this is not deaths. just like, oh, it's supposed, like, it, there's yeah. record. And it's apparently one of the top ten most haunted places in America. Dang. So, like, you're almost guaranteed to experience something while you're there. It's been operational since the 1930s, and then it has been docked in Long Beach since December of 1967. So, Sarah mentioned the pool room, which is supposedly haunted by a little girl. Right. And I didn't see anything... But I felt very off when I was doing the tour and going into that room. And it feels like, because it's like a drained pool. You enter this old pool room and it's like (laughs) kind of abandoned and drained. Um, What? Oh, that's But it's just like every time you look around, it feels like you're about to see something. So I kind of got the heebie-jeebies in there. But I didn't see anything. I've never been, but that ima- that the way I'm imagining it reminds me of the locker room in my gym at my apartment because when you walk in, it kind of has like that old style mm-hmm. bathroom where it's like kind of cold looking and then there's, yes, yes, yes. there's just like a jacuzzi that looks like it has not been cleaned in eight years, if not more, just in the middle of it. So it reminds me of that. Yeah, it totally is. It's, really, it's it's just like that. Ugh. But the tour guide that we had, he was like the most amazing man ever and he was so funny and every time we were allowed to like go off and explore or if he was mm-hmm. in the middle of a really scary scary tale, he would just scream at the top of his lungs and freak <gasps> everyone out. He'd just be talking and then all of a sudden be like <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Wait, I would But love- he had an experience. I was just going to say I was just going to say, I want anyone who's a tour guide of any of these, like, haunted places to send us their stories. How cool would that be to do an episode about haunted, like, like tour guide the tour guides, the people that actually yeah. live in the... Well, I'll tell his. For okay, him. perfect. <laughs> right now. You're reading my so, mind. He, when he would leave for work at the end of his shift, one of the ways that he could cut through was through the pool room to like make his journey across the ship shorter. Mm-hmm. So he would often just cut through the pool room and he never like really thought anything of it. But one day he heard like footsteps, like someone or like he oh, he heard see, I already don't really remember the details. <laughs> but basically he heard some sort of noise that was coming from the bathroom. So he's like, Oh my gosh, someone must be in here. Someone's trying to play a prank on me. And so he, being the man and the personality that he is, was like, I'm going to go find them and call them out. I'm not going to let them scare me. So he goes into the bathroom, and he opens the stalls one at a time, and no one's there. And he gets to the very last stall, and he's like, okay, oh, my gosh, now I'm getting a little nervous. And he opened it, and no one was there. So he was like, all right, well, I'm a little freaked out. I know I heard sounds from the bathroom but no one's here but i'm just gonna turn around and i'm gonna walk out of the pool room and leave this ship so he starts walking and he can hear footsteps behind him no and he turns around and no one's there and he keeps going and he still hears the footsteps and they sound like they're getting louder and closer to him and he's he's a bigger guy like he's Mm -hmm. he's big he's a big dude and he was he, he said that he had never run so fast in his life. Oh, my gosh. Exerted so much energy. He said he booked it out of there. But anyway, so he had an experience with probably the little girl that haunts the pool room. That's so scary. And so did Sarah. No, Sarah didn't. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, just on the, on the Queen <laughs> oh, Mary. On the, she I was had, like. <laughs> she got some feelings. But I just want to read one of. She sent a couple other stories, and I want to read one of them really quick. Okay. Um. She said, my first story is of a shadow man. When I was younger, probably around seven or so, I saw a shadow man at my great-grandmother's house. My great-grandmother 
would oftentimes watch my sisters and I during the summer break while our parents were at work. One day at my great-grandmother's house, my sisters and I were chasing each other around the outside of the house, and I decided to cut through the house to beat them to the front because I was the youngest, and so I always lost. <laughs> I come in through the back door, which parallels the front door, so it would have been a sh- it would have been straight directly through the house. As I get to the front door and go to open the screen, I see on the left-hand side of the yard a tall shadow of a man with an Abe Lincoln type <gasps> of hat on. Oh, we know what that is. Hat man. He'll steal your soul. Let me interrupt my story to explain the front yard. If you were looking at the house, the gravel driveway is on the left, and on the right was a whole strip of oleander bushes. So he is standing halfway in and halfway out of the oleander bushes. I don't remember there being a face, but it was definitely a figure of a man with a top hat. I wasn't scared. It was almost like a feeling of being in a trance. I knew he saw me, and I know he knew I saw him. The sound of my sisters coming around the other side of the house broke that stare, and when I went to look back, he was gone. When I was older, probably high school age, my aunt told me the same story. She saw him as well, but he was standing at the end of the porch, more towards the gravel driveway. Our family is Hispanic, and the Shadow Man is a story that is told in our family by many. Whoa. Ooh, I get chills. Well, that's also, I mean, based on what we researched, that story makes sense and checks out because they say the hat man appears to multiple people in the same family. Wow. Stocks families. Ooh. All in the family, keeping it in the fam. Well, I have a listener story about a ship. Tell us. Tell me everything. Okay. So my listener story is from Lindsay, and she says... Hello, ladies. Currently binge listening to your podcast because I have because I love ghost stories and have no self-control. She says her experience was aboard the USS Alabama, a World War II battleship now docked as a museum in Mobile, Alabama. I stopped there with my daughter and boyfriend on a cross-country trip, recalling a visit I had made there as a kid with my own parents. I didn't feel much right away. Looking at the size of the guns made me feel a little uncomfortable uncomfortable because I'm a pacifist by nature. But then things changed significantly once we went below decks. To be clear, I am not bothered by small spaces or tunnels, so I don't chalk these feelings up to claustrophobia. It was when we were looking at old pictures of the crew and some personal items that had been preserved that I began to feel uneasy. In one section, there was a mangled piece of a kamikaze plane, and music of the era was playing. It was such exuberant music playing inside what was a massive death machine. And many of the sailors in the photos looked barely older than high school. It felt very, very eerie. The uneasiness became a tightness in my chest. And I had a very, very clear vision in my mind of these young men, some of who were terrified. Their ship was attacked and participated in firefights on multiple occasions. Then there were others who probably were naive and thought of this as a big adventure. At this point, I was finding it a little difficult to breathe, and I had an increasing sense of panic. I kept my thoughts to myself so as not to, di- not to distress my daughter, and eventually we made our way off of the ship. The feelings of unease and anxiety disappeared almost instantly. After later research, I discovered that the only deaths on the ship were from friendly fire, and that they were extremely grisly. Two mounted turret guns malfunctioned and fired on each other, killing five crew members and wounding 11 more. The remains of those who died were supposedly unrecognizable, one man leaving only his boots to identify him. Maybe this contributed to my discomfort on the upper deck. Other tourists have reported hearing footsteps at night. The ship allows scout groups to have sleepovers, only to look back and see no one. Still, Mm -hmm. others say that the large metal hatch doors will sometimes close on their own and that movement has been seen down in the galley. As a kid, I thought... I thought that I had an active imagination, which is partially true. But now, as I get older, I think it's also sensitivity to places and objects. My theory is that being made of conductive materials, being on the water, its history of use in battle, being crammed with lots of people in highly emotional states, and the untimely deaths that occurred on board give the USS Alabama a higher spiritual frequency, so to speak, so people like myself can pick up on it. 
When I told my mom about the incident, she confessed to having similar feelings all those years ago when we visited during my childhood. Anyway, it's no apparition sighting, but I hope you guys enjoyed the story and history lesson. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you on the other side, Lindsay. She brought up a good point that a lot of times it's these really young men and young spirits, Mm -hmm. these young lives that were taken. Right. And I, I, I didn't even think about that before. And I also think it's interesting, I think we talk about this a lot in places where terrible things have happened. There's just so much emotion mm-hmm. that that's what she was picking up on. And it's so devastating. And that's why she felt she had anxiety. She was picking up on the emotion that these soldiers felt in those moments, in their last moments of life. Yeah. Oh. I'm like so torn between wanting to be respectful and not wanting to go and make a show out of someplace being haunted because obviously the end of these lives were devastating it was a horrible end yeah but on the other hand it's just hard to not be so fascinated with the fact that there's still energy there and that things are still happening well but i think there's a distinction you can be fascinated and treat it with respect and want to understand their stories and their experiences versus going and mocking them and like mocking their experience you know i think we take we we're very respectful of ghost experiences and knowing that they at one point or another were a human being right that's i will say that's the one thing i don't like about some of the episodes of ghost adventures that's the one right with like zach the big buff guy i don't know and sometimes he'll yell out and like taunt the ghost like is that on buzzfeed like come at me yeah, there are some story, there's some ghost shows or ghost hunters who want the results, so they don't, so they'll do anything to get them, which includes being reckless and rude. Mm-hmm. Which is not the style that we go with. No, we are quiet and respectful. Sometimes we're quiet. I mean, I did yell "Go away!" out <laughs> loud in my apartment earlier. But that's good. That's stating marking making claim to your home and that it's yours and no one else's right or it it was yesterday before i saged you do it every day (laughs) go away i saved your saging tutorial on our instagram page so people can go watch it and listen to you sing over and over because it is hilarious (laughs) i died i was like this is brilliant I don't even remember what I sang. Do you want me to play it? Oh, no. Please. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I was thinking. I, I always wa- feel like somebody's watching me. And I'm gonna go away, ghosts. It's, uh, it's just so brilliant. I'm not a good singer. That's what we're learning. You are. The Ill-Gotten Booty will be a wonderful band slash ghost ship. <laughs> oh, my God. Corinne, you oh will play the no. triangle, and you will sing. It's going to be the saddest ship. The Ill-Gotten Booty, the failed band of a one-woman act. With <laughs> I'll be on the ship. Don't worry. I'll be your number one fan. I'll be your number one supporter in life and in death. Thank you. You're welcome. Right back at you. Thank you. Um, I will say that I do think I should probably sage again. I wanted to put it on the Instagram story because a lot of people have asked us about saging or, like, what we do. So I just kind of, like, did a little, like, here, look, I'm doing it now. So watch me. But usually I try to, like, set positive vibes and set my intentions and come at the cleansing as, like, an experience. And I feel like... I need to do it again because instead I was just running around saying to the spirits to not like not come out of the mirrors and do it again then. I will. And then Corinne will sage. That's her task for the week. And everyone else, your task of the week is to send us your ghost stories to our email at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And then go and rate and review us on iTunes. We have a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We have a Facebook page that you can mm-hmm. like. 
we have an Instagram where we include some stories as well. So if you don't yeah. follow, you'll miss out. And then also and sometimes I feel like Twitter. the I use the Instagram as my personal account and sometimes just tag Corinne in everyone's posts because I think it's my personal account. You do tag me. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm on our Instagram page way more than I'm on my personal one. I am too. And I've accidentally, before I, um, I posted something on our Two Girls, One Ghost. No that way. That was supposed to be personal. And it lasted, like, no one even liked it. It lasted, like, 15 seconds. And then I went back to just, like, look and refresh the feed. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, this feed doesn't look that familiar. Who are all oh these God. people? And I was like, no! I posted it I on I didn't ours. know that. You never told me this. It was a picture of food. Yum. <laughs> Two girls, one ghost also eats food. Today I had spaghetti and meatballs. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm about to go eat. Well, guys, thank you for coming back once again for another week Mm -hmm. of Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Little change up and do it at the end there again. We're just going to reverse everything. We're going to bookmark it. Everything at the beginning is also going to be said at the end because Mm -hmm. we want everything to be even. Ooh, you know what we should also do? In addition to a Pig Latin episode, we should do an episode where we record the whole thing, but then play it backwards, and everyone has to figure out what we're saying. It's like the Beatles record conspiracy. I'm going to be scared. Well, we don't have to listen to it backwards. Everyone else does. (laughs) Everyone else (laughs) has to suffer. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'll think about it. Okay. And we will. We will see you you on on the other side. side.